Hi, this is Adam Bergman, IRA Financial. Today we're going to play a little game, prohibited transaction or not. Can I buy a car with my self-directed IRA? So this is an interesting question. I actually just uh, spoke with a client about it. Uh, and I'll kind of use a similar fact pattern. Uh, this client wanted to buy a car, uh, a new Tesla vehicle, um, because the client felt that uh, there was potential profit in the model um, and uh, he believed he, he could purchase two of these vehicles uh, from the dealership at a fair price and then sell them for more money down the road. So uh, this is actually a pretty unique situation. I haven't heard from a lot of clients that want to buy cars. I have heard from clients looking to buy antique cars uh, like old Mustangs or, or or Corvettes, things like that. And um, so anyways, I, I wanted to share it with all of you because I think it's an interesting uh, investment. It also brings into light some of the investment rules under Internal Revenue Code Section 408 and 4975. So I, I thought it would just be a good way of introducing this this new concept I want to start doing, primitive transaction or not. And and every week kind of go through some some fact patterns um, that, that I've deal with or address with clients and kind of see what you guys think about them and and let me know if you think the conclusion I came up with is reasonable and, and seems accurate based off the tax rules. So let's start. When you look at any investment to see whether it's prohibited or not, you got to look at two sections. Section 408M talks about uh, investments and in collectibles, uh, trios, distributions. So we got to see, number one, is it a collectible? Because clearly we know it's not life insurance. So there's three things you can't do with an IRA. You can't buy life insurance, you can't buy collectibles under 408M, and then under 4975, you are not allowed to engage in any transaction that in any way, directly or indirectly, personally involves or benefits the IRA owner or any of his or her lineal descendants, parents, children, spouse, daughter-in-law, son-in-law, or any entities associated with such persons. So let's talk about buying a car. So the gentleman said he will be buying a car from a dealership. So we know there's not a disqualified person in there. So 4975 probably won't kick in because there's no disqualified person. And I actually just ran this by uh, a, uh, a lady at the Department of Labor that talks that is involved with prohibited transaction exemption procedures. And I wanted to find out kind of off the record what their thoughts were. And, and they believe that there's really no purpose of um, sending in a prohibited transaction exemption uh, application or proposal to get a ruling because since it doesn't deal with 4975, they would likely want to address it. So um, that would save obviously a lot of time and effort and money because it's a very lengthy and could be expensive process even though there's no fee for, for uh, submitting an uh, application or proposal to get an exemption for a specific transaction. It could take up to a year and it's quite expensive to put the proposal together. Now they do have an exemption if it's uh, the ruling is based off uh, a fact pattern that they've already addressed in two instances. Uh, you can usually get an answer within 78 days or so. But for, for this particular um, situation, there's no uh, ruling or, or any guidance from the IRS. So it's a very lengthy process. That being said, uh, 4975 clearly is not in play because the gentleman didn't want to drive the car, didn't want to use it. He clearly just wanted to sell it. And it was going to be purchased from a dealer that he doesn't own or a lineal descendant. So clearly not a disqualified person. So the next question under 408 is a collectible. Uh, the tax code said a collectible is a work of art, rug, antique, 
any metal or gem, any stamp or coin, alcohol beverage, or any other tangible personal property specified by the secretary for purposes of the subsection. So I do believe that a collectible car, antique car, would be defined as a collectible. I'm not sure about a new Tesla. Um, not sure. Uh, probably not much guidance. Uh, I don't know if it's a, it's a collectible. I don't think so. So I think it probably would not fall under 408M. So I do believe I, it is a permitted investment. The question is, um, number one, so it doesn't violate 408M, so it seems like it's okay there. It doesn't seem to violate 4975 because there's no disqualified person involvement. The client's not going to drive the car. The IRA holder will not drive the car. Simply keep it in a, in a, a parking garage and, and sell it for hopefully a profit, and all the profit will go to the IRA. So what other issues do we have? So we know it's not 408M, not 4975, so it seems pretty clean there. Now there's something called unrelated business taxable income. That's really the third um, analysis, level of analysis I, I think you should do. You should look at 408, 4975, and then see if the investment also triggers UBIT, unrelated business taxable income. UBIT's really triggered in three instances. If you use margin of buy stock, if you use a non-recourse loan to buy real estate, or in the case of an IRA, or if you invest in an active trader business um, through a pass-through entity like an LLC. So if you, you know, invest in a restaurant that's operated through an LLC by non-disqualified people, it's allowed under 4975 and 408, but you still may trigger this UBIT tax, uh, which can trigger up to 37% tax on the IRA uh, income or, or gain. Uh, so it's something to obviously be concerned about. Uh, clearly, from a car standpoint, there's no loan. He's going to pay cash for it, so we don't have to worry about leverage. So now we need to look as, is this a business? But if he buys and holds one car or two cars, he probably doesn't have any business. So he's probably okay from that standpoint. So those five categories of income are exempt from UBIT. Capital gains, interest, dividends, royalties, and real estate rental income. So if he just bought the car from a dealership, held it, and then sold it, it's a capital gain transaction, personal property, investment property. Uh, there's no capital gain tax with an IRA. So since it's not violating 408 and 4975 and probably should not trigger UBIT because it's a capital gain, he's okay there too. Uh, if he leased out the car and got lease payments on a monthly basis, that would probably trigger UBIT because it's not real estate rental income. It's not interest, dividends, royalties, real estate rental income, or capital gains. So if he did lease it out, I think the lease income would be subject to the UBIT tax, which could travel as high as 37% for over approximately $15,000 of, of net income. So going back to, is this a primitive transaction? Uh, I, pr I don't think so. Uh, he needs to be careful about who drives his car. I mean, I'd probably have a third party drive it to the parking lot, wherever it sits. Um, you probably need to use an IRA LLC checkbook control because I don't know how comfortable the custodian would be for you know taking title to this car and I don't know if you want to drive the, the, the car to the custodian's uh, office. Uh, you know, we're chartered in South Dakota, so that, that may be an issue. So I'd probably use an IRA LLC, have the dealer either hold the car in the dealership lot or park it somewhere, and then have a third party help sell it, a broker sell it, and then hopefully the profits go to the IRA. But if you're going to lease it out, I think you're going to get hit with UBIT. Uh, but anyways, I thought it was a very interesting uh, scenario. Uh, again, just talking to the Department of Labor, I don't think a ruling is something they would go do because of the fact that it shouldn't violate 4975. It's more a 408 issue and a uh, UBIT issue. Uh, but I just wanted to share it with all of you. If you have different ideas or thoughts, uh, opinions, share them. Love to hear from you. Adam B. at IRA Financial Group. Uh, you can hit us up at Twitter, at IRA AFG, Instagram, 
Facebook. You can check me out on LinkedIn. Um, love to hear from all of you. That's why I do these podcasts. I like kind of sharing my thoughts and hopefully getting some good feedback from uh, clients or just interesting uh, people are interested in, in retirement accounts and, and taking advantage of, of some of these great tax rules and, and, and being able to invest in what you know and, and trust and understand and also you know generating tax deferred or tax free income I think that's you know the secret sauce that you know my clients love to be able to have some control over their retirement account and also get to save and, and hopefully grow a, you know a really powerful retirement account that they can either use down the road or pass on uh, to uh, their spouse or their children or, or, or a third party beneficiary so anyways um, thanks for listening Adam Bergman IRA Financial and um, until next time <laughs>